podcast for somewhere towards the middle of January in the futuristic year of 2015. I am Jason McMaster, your host for this delightful journey, and uh, my game of the week is not, uh, I don't know, man, uh, L.A. Noir. <laughs> Hello, I'm Josh Beiser from GameWisdom.com, and my game of the week is not, I guess, Saints Row Get Out of Hell. Oh, Poor, poor Johnny Gat. Man, yeah. finally gets out of hell and yet he's not your game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've played it or you have not played it? I have played it. I was one of the people who got the lucky GameStop when they priced it wrong. Oh. Like five, six days. Nice. So mm-hmm. uh, what did you think of it? Uh, it was good, but it just seemed very short. Like It felt like this was like their B or C team working on the game. Said like a you know a full effort by volition. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's uh, huh. Well, that's a that's a shame. Um, yeah. I wonder what they are. I guess they're probably working on a new Saints Row or something. Yeah, probably. Especially after everything they've done with Saints Row Four by now. Yeah, you'd think they have to have a next gen one coming. Um, at this point. But, uh, yeah, yeah, poor Johnny Gat. Yeah, I haven't checked it out yet. I'd like to, because I like it, uh, the series, but there's so much stuff otherwise that I'm messing with right now that it's just going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since you gave it such a glowing review, I'm not going to worry that much about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so uh, we're uh, well after the... Uh, the holiday season now, and uh, everybody's, I guess, starting to calm down and settle into everything, and the the New Year's drudgery is beginning. So uh, the release schedule will probably be a little bit dim over the next, uh, say, 10 months, and then uh, all hell will break loose. Uh, mm-hmm. But this month we have Dying Light coming out, which I, I'm, I'm looking forward to because I'm a fan of Techland, even though they're, uh, their games have a lot of, we'll call it, character uh they uh I do enjoy them quite a bit. Um and, and I know next month Nintendo has some interesting games coming out. There's a new Monster Hunter I believe coming out for the 3DS. Yeah. And um new Kirby game supposed to be the Sable 2 Canvas Curse from a few years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, it did really well too that game. And then there's, of course, the new 3DS. I think it's coming out, like, the 13th or 15th of February. Yeah, yeah, the giant one. Uh, or It's actually the same size, but it has more stuff in it. Or so. I, hell, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it, it's whatever. I, I'm kind of, I mean, I'll probably get one eventually, but I'm just... I'm somewhat tired of uh, tired of handheld at this point. Um, I thought you loved your uh, PS, the Vita. <laughs> Yeah, I do, but I use it to stream stuff, you know, off of my PS4. I mean, I like my Vita, don't get me wrong, but I just, I don't know. I I, I use my computer and my consoles 
about a million times more than any of the handhelds. Yeah. I'm really not interested in the new 3DS either. One, because I don't have the money for a new handheld at the time. Yeah, it's expensive and, as hell, too. And i just not seeing, like, the real motivation to get it. Because, I mean, at this point, Nintendo should be announcing a brand new whatever the hell they'll call the next, yeah. next 3DS. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Yeah, and you never know uh, what they're doing, but it, it just it does seem like... Like the Apple syndrome of like releasing, you know, like a million mm-hmm. updates like once a year or once every cycle or whatever. Did you get hooked on any like the big amiibo grabbing that happened during the holiday season? No, no. I uh, I looked at a couple of them, and Loot Crate had like a weird thing where you could like order this Loot Crate that had a ton of them in it, and it was kind of cheap. And I would have done that, but. She didn't have the money at the time, doing Christmas shopping and stuff, mm-hmm. so uh, I missed a promotion, and I was like, you know, I, yeah, I did enough with Skylanders. I didn't go too crazy, but, <laughs> like, it was enough, and, uh, yeah. I uh, miss Skylanders, so I miss Affinity, and the Amiibos are pretty much the one that's gotten me now. Oh, but no. But I know that they're doing a second whole series with Mario Party, and I'm just oh. thinking to myself... Nah, I, at some point you have to like look at your collection. And wonder, I think I have enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y- you do. I mean, I haven't reached that point yet, but in any form in any of my collections. But I, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, it's just one of those things. It, I kind of just, uh, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't grab me after. Uh, 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 I, I just can't do it. I guess the big shocker for Nintendo fans, at least for this week, is that they're Nintendo's discontinuing their Club Nintendo loyalty program thing. Huh. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah, it's going to this is going to be their last formal year. Games, I think, after like February something will not have their little coupon, you know, the yeah. barcode in there. And they're supposedly going to be doing something new. And of course, this was the one year I finally got their, you know, super deluxe elite status. And this is the time that they canceled. So <laughs> I just hope they have a good reward for this, or I'm going to be really pissed uh, the one year that I get it and I get crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough, man. That's not fair. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um,. Uh, does uh, does Square still do their crazy one? I don't know. I really haven't bought any new Square games in a while. I remember one year they gave everybody that bought like a certain amount of games, they gave them a Square branded iPod. It's like it was really bizarre. Um, but well, yeah. Uh, so so uh, you know, since there's really not a ton going on, let's talk about uh, what we have been playing since Christmas. So why don't you go first, Josh? Sure, I've got a cornucopia of games that have <laughs> entered my backlog thanks to holiday shopping. Oh, yeah. Um, I picked up the wonderful 101 from last year. Yeah. Didn't really care for it. It just seemed very chaotic to play, and I could spend, you know, 40, 50 minutes breaking that one down. Yeah. I did try Mario Kart 8 after everyone was raving about it, but I really haven't spent a lot of time on it. Um, 
for those of you who read my site Game Wisdom, I love Donkey Kong Country uh, Returns Tropical Freeze. That was my favorite game from last year, just because of how great of a platformer it was. And for the computer, I've been getting into some early access titles. I've been playing both Nuclear Throne and Infinifactory, which was just released this week. Yeah, how are uh, how are those? Nuclear Throne is coming along really well. It's from Vlambeer. They did that Lufros's game. They do a lot of like retro style games. Yeah, I, I know I know that company, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Lufros. Yep, and it's pretty good. It's pretty much like if someone took a Twitch shooter and combined it with like the binding of Isaac and that type of oh. roguelike play. So you have these I think they're like eight or nine different characters. Each one starts with like unique perks and maybe like a different weapon and then you play through each of the levels you find different guns and the all levels are procedurally generated after during <coughs> excuse me they're procedurally generated on start so you're never going to play the same level twice right and you pretty much play until you either beat the game and then you can start over on a higher difficulty or you get killed and it is a very hard game. I mean, this is like Twitch bullet hell shooter at some points in the later levels. And the progression happens when you pick up enough radiation, you can mutate or level up, and you pick a randomly uh, selected perk from like a pool of perks that pop up. And each character has one unique set that sort of defines them. Like there's this one guy called Steroids, who's like a giant walking fist and he can dual wield any of the guns so his unique perk lets him basically restore bullets to whatever gun he's not firing so it makes it a lot easier for him to sustain like high ammo consuming weapons and the other guy can basically turn into a crystal and reflect shots back huh. the game is only single player I don't know if they're going to do anything like local or online co-op they do have like a daily run similar to Spelunky. They everyone picks gets a one set level, and you see how far you can go, and you get rank for you know bragging rights type deal. And it's pretty interesting. Just it gets like that you know like those five to ten minutes of good play, right? Like something you want to keep playing over and over again, just like the Binding of Isaac or FTL. Um, the only problem I have with is that. I kind of would like more like procedurally generated elements to it. Like if you play Buying of Isaac, you know how much the game changes the yeah. more stuff you unlock. Nuclear Throne really doesn't have that at the moment, but the developers are doing like constant, constant updates to it. I think they release a new build like once a week or once every other week to it, and it's coming along nicely. I have no idea when it's actually going to be released though. So, yeah, how does the game play? It plays like a top-down shooter. Characters uh, like have... a twin stick or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I don't know if you can use a gamepad. I've been using the keyboard and mouse. So keyboard moves the mouse. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. W A S D and the mouse for the yeah for aiming. Yeah. Sure. And you can hold up to two different weapons at a time. Mm -hmm. And weapons are basically categorized by whatever ammo. So you have bolts, which is for, like, crossbows, automatic bows, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You have energy for laser weapons, explosives for grenades, bazookas, etc. And then you can find different guns, and like, they're super rare guns. Like, one time I got, like, a 
Gatling grenade launcher, which <laughs> was insane. <laughs> That's awesome. And the thing is, there is friendly fire, so you have to be really careful with explosives, or you can blow yourself up. There is a perk that you can get that makes you immune to explosive damage, but you still need to be really careful because enemies will hit you very quickly in this game. And melee from like the enemies can be very dangerous. Like you can have like guys like run up and just like do eight points of damage to you before you can get a shot off. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty fun. It's really just a chaotic game which is really lends itself well because you can sit there and play like 20 30 minute runs and then if you can beat the boss you start over and they call it looping so when you get to the next loop you now fight a newly procedurally generated set they have new enemies that will pop up or they'll throw like harder enemies earlier in the loop so my furthest i think attempt i've gotten is I've been in the game and I got like three levels in and I just got completely wiped out by the enemies. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any else, anything else to really talk about right now. Like, Do you have the ten different or eight or nine different characters? Right. And it does a good enough job of differentiating themselves from each other, but I kind of wish that there were like more weapons or as I said earlier, more things to make each run feel different. Because it does start to get a little bit repetitive just because there's not enough, I guess, procedurally generated content in the game at the moment. Hmm. It is an interesting concept that they're doing it on Twitch, though. Um... Yeah, I know they've been... I think they do two Twitch streams, I think, a week. I think Tuesday and Thursdays they do that. Yeah. But yeah, the, it's one of those games I think really does lend itself to live streaming because it is a very fast-paced game... You can play multiple runs probably in an hour. I mean, I my like worst experience doing a daily run was I like ran to an enemy and he killed me in, like three seconds of starting the daily run. That's like the old you know spelunking when you start and you accidentally jump and miss the pin, die like on your first level, first jump. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What was the other game you mentioned? I meant uh, it was Infinifactory. Ah, okay. And what is Infinifact? It sounds like something that you would do strategically. Oh, yeah. This is the spiritual successor to Space Chem, made by uh, Zachtronics. Yeah. So Space Chem was a puzzle game mixed with, like, programming. You had to basically create the programming pattern inside these reactors to generate new compounds of elements. It looks like you're making like chemistry, but it's really about like the building blocks of programming. Hmm. And that in and of itself was a very complicated game. Uh, I spoke to the lead developer, Zach Barth, in the past, and he said that like only like 5% of people ever made to like the fifth planet or the fifth set of levels. Like no one, very few people have actually been in the game. It was so complicated. And Infinifactory is the quote-unquote spiritual successor to that. It's a 3D game, and it's more about creating assembly lines and dealing with automation instead of programming. Which, for me, that works a lot better because it's a lot easier to visualize these elements as opposed to the abstract concept of programming. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people use stuff like that for their programming as well. So. Yeah. Charting, <coughs> charting it out. Yeah. 
And the concept of Infinite Factory is that you've been abducted by aliens who are forcing you to build these assembly line, basically like the entire assembly line chain for their productions, and you have to sort of figure out what's going on, but you're pretty much their slave slash contractor for the game. And the rules are you basically have inputs on one part of this like big level, and you need to get the desired outputs to their, I guess their teleporters or whatever. And you have these different parts that you can use to build the assembly line. So you get a conveyor belt, you have a welding tool that can combine parts together. Uh, there's a, it has sort of like the basic sense of space cam with, uh, you have sensors, sort of like the if then thing, excuse me, if then loops or conditionals from programming that you can use to set up these conditional statements that can push blocks into different areas. And it's really a very interesting game. It's very critical thinking. You have to figure out the best ways to create your machines. The game like Space Cam will track your scores based on your friends and it shows you at the end, you know, how well you did compared to everyone else on your friends list. So I'm like ranked like 50 out of like everyone else on my list. Although I will say that I did beat Zach's score on a few levels, so I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> That's but awesome. I'm sure he'll come back and like get like 30 points above me next time. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, you know that it, it's not really fair at that point. Though. Yeah. And the clever thing about the game is that it's all based on like the momentum of your machine, so you can set it up to have parts like push each other, and it really becomes as complicated as you want to make it. You can replay earlier puzzles with new parts that you get later on to, to like try to create your own, you know, insane like Willy Wonka style machine there to it's do awesome. everything. Yeah. And I find it a lot easier than Space Cam to be honest, just because it's as I said, it's a lot easier to visualize what you need to do with these blocks and these moving of things as opposed to figuring out how to do the, the production chains and a programming language. Right. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is... Yeah, they're both kind of visual, though, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, which is good. Mm-hmm. And Infinite Factory is in 3D, so you have, like, the 3D space to work in. Oh, sure. And this factors into the puzzle and the rating system. It rates you on, basically, how much space you're taking up in a level called your footprint. And the trick is, if you have lines or parts like parallel you know above or below each other the footprint only counts one of those lines because it's only showing basically how many blocks are being viewed from the sky so you could build like a four row you know super assembly line that only takes up like one line's worth of space and the high score is about really how efficient you can make your machine and from looking at some of the histograms of people on my list, people have gotten really clever at the game. Like, there's one where it took me, like, 40 cycles, they got it done in 20, or their footprint's, like, 20 blocks less than mine, and I'm at that point where I'm just wondering, you know, how the hell are they doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a... The the game sounds really cool. You know, and the thing about those games is uh, it's I, I'm always impressed by... Uh, by you know small shops that put in mm-hmm. put out like 
interesting games like that. Uh, Zach Zachtronics is a is pretty cool though. Zach's pretty cool. I like his games. I have uh, Ironclad and all that, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Infinite Factory is his first quote-unquote early access game. Yeah. Which is interesting because he said when I interview him that Infinite Factory is done. Like it's got all the content in there. It's a full campaign and all that. But the early access tag is simply means that they're going to continue expanding on the game for the next three to six months or more, depending upon, you know, how the reception is of it. Right. And I really hope it does well for them, because I would love to see him have a project like Prison Architect or Kerbal Space Program that he can be supported on that and keep making it bigger and better. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing. If and if it works out, it could it usually leads to that, you know, somebody being able to work on something they they like, be able to make something that they love and that you can usually tell whenever something mm-hmm. is, you know, made from a point of interest instead of a point of uh desire for a, you know, material gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I uh I've been playing a few things. Uh, League of Legends. I don't want to surprise anybody, <laughs> uh, but I uh, I really enjoy the game. Uh, however, <clears throat> other than League of Legends, I've been playing uh, Project Zomboid and uh, freaking Gems of War. But <laughs> like, not as much Gems of War lately because it irritates me. Uh, so I've been playing yeah Crusader Kings two and Project Zomboid. I think are my two lately. Okay, uh, Gems of War. I've been playing that on and off. I was really big into it when it first came out, but I've been sort of easing back on it. Yeah, well, it's kind of an irritating game. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to get into it, it is, but it is kind of irritating. Mm-hmm. Since uh, you like League of Legends, have you looked at the Blizzard uh, MOBA game at all? Uh, yeah, I've played Heroes of the Storm. Um, I am i don't know how I feel about it. Uh, you know, I... To me, League of Legends is the game, as far as the MOBAs are concerned, that I, you know, that I, I just like the rule set and every other, and just the way it controls. And all the others may be, like, they're okay in varying degrees, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I think Heroes of the Storm is Blizzard's attempt to catch the less hardcore players. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's a lot, it's not as cutthroat. By a long, mm-hmm. by a long shot, we'll put it that way. Sort of like what they've been doing with Hearthstone to get like people who've never played collectible card games or those that have found like Magic Two Dawning, and sort of get that niche going. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't know, but like the whole, uh, yeah, I've been in the the technical alpha for a good while, and uh, it's cool. It looks pretty, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's not that it, it plays that poorly, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, I don't know, it just feels a little watered down to me. Um, mm-hmm. Much like, yeah, Hearthstone, but... Um, yeah, uh, and that's a good game. Uh, but, yeah, League of Legends is nobody, or at least in my opinion, there's not going to be something that I can even imagine that's going to, uh, you know, dethrone it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's interesting stuff, but, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. But um, so have you played uh, Crusader Kings too? You have a good bit. I, I think, yeah. tried it, but oh. I could never really like get into it. I watched like a two-hour tutorial someone did on YouTube, and then I like load the game. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at here? 
Yeah, it's uh, I like it uh, a lot, but it is certainly one of those things that you kind of just it's one of those games where you have to or at least the way I approach them is I, I, I pick like a section of it that I want to learn and I mess with that until I understand it and then I branch from there and it certainly took me a while to get the hang mm -hmm. of it but uh, I really like the fact that you don't have to directly control your army or any of that mm -hmm. stuff uh, I, I, I don't know I mean I know there are options to like sim and in strategy games to sim combat and stuff mm -hmm. but I, I don't like that option at all because that pretty much always to me insinuated that that I could have probably done something better than the computer mm -hmm. or something so I like not having the option um, mm -hmm. it's just basically entirely a diplomacy yeah uh, I did look at Age of Wonders 3 and Endless Legend I picked them both up during the mm -hmm. holiday I haven't had a chance to really sit down and play them they look fairly interesting. With Crusader Kings 2, it reminds me a lot of Arkham Games' title, The Last Federation, that came out last year. And it's all this massive, grand strategy, sort of like hands-off type management system. Oh yeah, it is certainly that. Uh, and that's, uh, that's what's kind of fascinating to me about it. It's that, you know, you also play one character, of course, until that character gets killed and you play their heir, unless there's no heir. Mm -hmm. And, um... Just all the scheming you can get into, and the the overall, like you know, marrying people into certain families so that eventually you can try to take a claim on their te you know territory like a hundred years down the line. You know, it's just kind of a mm -hmm. one of those games where, to me, it's fascinating how stuff plays out. Uh, it's almost uh, it, it almost scratches my dwarf fortress itch, but not quite. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing does except for dwarf fortress. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Crusader Kings though I, I've really enjoyed it. It it took me a good while to get into it. There's a lot of game there. Um, I'm only playing mm -hmm. that for a good while. Uh, Are they still updating it? Or are they yeah, still releasing DLC really. Yeah, huh. yeah. They just updated. They just updated it like a few days ago. In fact, um, yeah, I know like Paradox. They are very big on like DLC these days. Oh yeah. Because you know, and I have, uh, which to me this is the one of the funniest things is, uh, and I'm sure you know the company Gamers uh, Gamers Gate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that still amuses the shit out of me to this day. <laughs> uh, it's like I, I I I alternate between like, do I feel bad for them or do I feel like happy for them because I'm sure they got a lot more attention <laughs> than the oh, last yeah, the I... last few months. Than they did before. Oh yeah, I've gotten like. I made a post about the store gamer <laughs> gamer gave like two years ago, and after the whole gamers thing blew up, people came thinking that that's I was hilarious, about. man. I should have done more about gamer game during <laughs> and just get more people just confusing it. But yeah, I have a all right. I, I I my my paradox account uh, through there. I, I got a bunch of the DLC from, and I picked up a bunch of the rest of it and the Steam sale. So like. I have it all now, and uh, mm -hmm. it's a uh, it's quite a list of stuff. Yeah, it's like next like train simulator. I think, <laughs> the DLC that comes out. Oh yeah, there. but train simulators on its own freaking level. <laughs> Crusader Kings two all told doesn't cost like fifteen thousand dollars or whatever train simulator yeah. does. Yeah, and I know they have like farm simulator coming oh, out. Oh god. Yeah. 
we keep joking about it. Someone needs to like do like Oculus Rift support with a train simulator oh. or Euro Truck simulator and just simulate yourself driving down for like a few hours. <laughs> oh, they do have that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, people love that. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, and then of course the other thing, I just uh if anybody wants to try it out, I just put up a project Zomboid server. It's at fifty dot fifty six dot one eight seven dot two five two. Uh, now, the only thing about that is it is a beta server, so if you play Projects on Void and you have it on Steam, you need to go into your Steam, you need to go to the Projects on Void game, you right-click it, choose Properties, and you go over to the far right tab. I think it's like betas or opt-ins or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a place that you can put in a code. And the code is, this is all one word, lowercase, is I accept the consequences. And if you put that in and check code, it will unlock a beta branch for you. And uh, if you do that, um, you can then join my uh, server, like I said, at 50.56.187.252, and uh, run around and, and check it out. Um, the game, uh, I you've played it, right, Josh? I've I have not played it, but I've heard about it. it hasn't been like developed for like five, ten years at this point. I don't think it's, like it's ten, but it's several. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a good while. Um, they've done a lot of uh, a lot to it, though. Actually, it's it's a lot different than it was mm-hmm. like even a year ago. Uh, yeah. The last thing I heard about, didn't they run into some kind of like trouble with the studio or the development that they were sort of wondering if they could finish the game? Or was that another game I'm thinking of? I think that's got to be something else, because they've been pretty solid throughout. It's just been slow, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But they do constantly update. It's not like Cube World or anything. Um, And what's uh, different about... I know that the basic concept was, you know, survive the zombie apocalypse. What's, like, been, like, new or making it really exciting to play now? Uh, Well, the graphics are a lot... A lot better. Not that that's you know. I mean, they're not like rad or anything, but it's mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a lot easier to maneuver. Uh, the game is a little weird. It's a little archaic when it comes to movement and stuff. Um, but there's just there's a lot more items. There's a lot more stuff you can do. You can build a ton of stuff now. You can uh, put together a ton of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more zombies. Uh, it's just like the interactivity. There's a lot more interactivity. Okay. And uh yeah, it's uh it's just been a really good time. Uh I've I've enjoyed the heck out of it uh, lately. Um yeah, it seems like there's like so many different like zombie survival games coming out now. I know I I have a few friends who play 7 Days to Die. There's I think that game Rust and there's probably like three or four other ones I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, god, there's a ton. You know, uh and uh, speaking of of those kind of games, that's an interesting segue. Is I'm a, I'm actually after the podcast, I'm going to do a little bit of a stream of H1Z1, um, mm-hmm. the new game, you know, from Sony Online Entertainment, which is, I guess, Daisy-ish, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll be putting it up on Quarter Three later. Um, but you can always, uh, I think my Twitch name is JV McMaster. If you want to follow, uh, I sometimes stream stuff. And uh, uh, anybody out there that's listening, feel free to check that out. But then I'll be putting it on uh, 
YouTube afterwards, like I said, and putting it on the front page. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I plan on um, streaming that later. I'm pretty curious about it. And um, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff going on though. The early access is the thing, you know. It it really is. It's a you know I I don't know if that's good or bad. It, it I I don't think everything can keep going this way. Uh, mm -hmm. It just seems a little insane after a while. Yeah. Uh, so H1Z1, that's uh, the early access game. It's being developed by Sony Sony Online. Yeah, right? yeah, Smedley and all those guys. So mm -hmm. it ought to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and it's had kind of a bumpy launch, so I'm kind of curious to see. Of course, uh, obviously, caveat being that you know, it's early access. So I mean what do you, I mean, but it almost seems like such a cop out. But that's mm -hmm. uh, but everybody uses it, so it's not like I'm gonna blame them, you know, mm -hmm. uh directly. It just doesn't <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of a to me is a little bit of a cop out. But um yeah, so uh, but I am curious to see what happens. Uh I want to uh I wanna like it. I hope it's good. Um so what makes it, I guess, different, or have you been looking into it? Like, what makes it special from games like uh, Seven Days to Die or that horrible, you know, the War Z ripoff? No, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I haven't thought about that one in a while. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody has. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, it's server-based. So mm -hmm. you have PvP, PvE servers. Um, and they have like uh, airdrops and stuff like that for random insanity and uh, I, I'm sure it's probably going to be free to play just like all their other stuff but uh, it's very uh, it's very DayZ so far uh, from what I've read I, I, I like I said I have not played it and it's not really completely fair uh, for me to say that but it, you know I, like I said I haven't really I haven't played it yet I'm going to do that next um but yeah, I, I, everything I've read about it is that it's yeah, it's a, it's a survival game, and you know you have to eat and drink and you know make weapons and all that jazz. So I'm I'm curious. Uh, I don't you know I never played Rust, but I've played DayZ, and so I wanna mm -hmm. I wanna see what's going on. Yeah, speaking about survival games, have you looked at the Long Dark yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah and I have a. Uh, several um let's plays up uh for the clickest uh clickest dot com mm -hmm. um for the lawn dark it's uh it's it's fascinating i i like the game quite a bit I tried it and I sort of got like a little overwhelmed by the initial part because they basically just like strain you out in the middle of the oh, yeah. Canadian wilderness yeah yeah it's there's no hand holding that's for certain you know it's mm -hmm. uh it's it's very yeah it's very uh it's very angry mm -hmm. yeah it's very easy to die in that game uh very very easy to die so there's no doubt um that it is daunting but yeah the uh overall i like it uh i like it quite a bit though i love the graphics i love the art style um mm -hmm. and uh so yeah, that one I'm I'm looking forward to. I've been playing Salt is another one I've been kind of following, and I I want to actually mess with more. Um, mm -hmm. 
I like the idea of the sailing and everything. Uh, you know, which is, you know, kind of popular since, uh, or at least I feel since, um, the Wind Waker. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, there, like, there's that big, uh, iOS game that captures that too, the Ocean Horn. Uh, been, mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it looks a lot like, uh, Wind Waker, and it, it kind of plays like that, too, and you sail all over tons of little islands and stuff. It's very popular. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, I would like to mess more with Salt as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the Salt Steam page. I was just looking at Project Zomboid. They look very interesting. <laughs> and this goes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, Jason, regarding just a lot of the interesting games we're seeing from these, like, small or independent studios. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing. I think that's where you're. It, it, it's it's the same in all forms, you know. It's like they're the people mm-hmm. that are uh, least afraid to take the risk because they have the least to lose from it. You know, I mean, yeah. some place like Electronic Arts, if they, you know, if their game doesn't work out, then you know, they're they're yeah. out like a shit ton of money. You know. Oh yeah. And it really does suck that we're not seeing a lot of, like, innovative games from the AAA market. Oh, no. As you just said, like, you know, if a $50 million game doesn't make back its money, that's at least a studio closing easily. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and you don't you don't see a lot of it anymore. And I guess, like, to an extent, that's a shame, but at the same time, what are you really losing I mean, I guess mm-hmm. graphic fidelity, because um, mm-hmm. most people aren't, uh, you know, it, it usually takes a team to make, like, a kind of a hyper-realistic looking mm-hmm. game, because you have so much freaking work to do, uh, m- oh, modeling the, and texturing. Yeah, the asset generation <laughs> for, like, if you're trying to make some of, like, the Crytek engine, it's got to be astronomical. Right, right. So, um, you know, and of course there are engines, but they're, they're also, you still have to make your models, you still have to do mm-hmm. all that, so it just, it just ends up being uh, such a giant undertaking, so, you know, but with, with uh, people, you know, using kind of, like, more abstract uh, mm-hmm. artwork, it just kind of, it's, uh... Yeah. And I think I've grown to like when people do, like, a very, like, unified aesthetic. You know, something like This War of Mine, yeah. Don't Starve. It's an attractive and, game, that This War of Mine. Yeah. And it just looks better to me than when I see, you know, the umpteenth, like, Call of Duty screenshot. And at this point, I can't even tell, like, which Call of Duty the screenshots are coming from. So whenever I, like, post on I say, yeah, it's Call of Duty, you know, just pick one. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's... It's just strange, man. Like, how... We, uh, you know, spend so much money and so much time on all of these things. And so many of them are just so uninspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's great that we're seeing it from the indie market. I think Kickstarter has been really great in that over the last... Like it's been like three years now since it really took off for indie development. Right. But, yeah, I think we are going to see a lot more, at least from the indie market. I think they really need to show a lot more because there's just so many indie games coming out 
that the market has really become oversaturated. We've been talking about with the mobile market, and it's starting to seep its way, I think, into the PC market as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with the next generation of consoles, with mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, with the uh, current uh, the you know what I'm saying. The, the it's like stagnant right now. Yeah, but I and I and I want to see what happens whenever we eventually get to a point where uh, indie games do start to filter out onto. Mm-hmm. The uh, the to the the you know the actual consoles like and uh, and several of them have at mm-hmm. this point, but it's it's just not a big market yet. Um, yeah. In the new generation, and I I'm really curious about how that's uh, how that's gonna work. Yeah. Right now, the only one that I know that's like making waves is Clay Entertainment with Don't Starve. I know it's available on PS4. Yeah. Binding of Isaac, I think, was free or discounted the Rebirth version. But those are already, you know, big name games. It's not like we're seeing something like the Lone, uh, the Long Dark, or Cinefactory, or Project Zomboid on, you know, Xbox One or PlayStation Four anytime soon. No, no. Uh, it's just you know they don't really have access to, yeah, to the, yeah, to the resources that those guys do. But I think that we will start to see that stuff, you know, and I mm-hmm. think we'll start to see it. The next year or so, yeah. and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Didn't Microsoft just announce something with like cross-platform compatibility or something with Windows 10? Yeah, yeah, you'll be able to stream Xbox One, uh, etc., uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think the Steam Box, or if Steam decides <laughs> to change a name at some point, I think that's also going to have a big effect because I think one of the big stumbling blocks or walls towards indie or PC development is the fact that it is requires such a high cost to get into the PC market. Although with indie games, you don't really need you know a computer that can run StarCraft II or Crisis to play an indie title. But there's still a lot of people who feel that the PC market is just so much more expensive compared to the console market. So if they can get like a average price or get a Steam box that's about the cost of a console, but you can play all the PC games on it, that could really be a great way to get some indies to the console market. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Steam Boss would be is going to be a really good thing if they ever manage to do it and it, they can manage to mm-hmm. make it catch on. You know, I mean that's that's kind of the the problem. But yeah, uh, they have to be able to do it, and they have to be able to convince people that it's not hard to do. Yeah. It's the same thing that I'm sort of feeling with the Oculus Rift, that it may sound really great to the enthusiast, and my friend Ken, you know, loves uh, the Rift so much. Yeah, I but, like mine, but it's not, yeah. But I, for, like, people like me and, like, the general consumer, what's going to motivate us to spend, I think, then they announce, like, it's, like, 200 or $300? I don't know the exact cost of it. Hmm. I know they're going to make it really... They're going to try to ship it at price of manufacture, so they're not going to be making too much money on it. Yeah, well, there is a lot of stuff going on in that thing. Those lenses are nice. Um, however, yeah, I mean, but if you look at it that way, then you have to look at the 3DS, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, because realistically, I mean, the 3DS is, is kind of a gimmick as well. Uh, however, of course, it's a 
a gimmick that you don't have to use and still a, a good machine. Whereas obviously yeah. the goggles are just uh, periphery. But um, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. I think we're gonna start seeing more of that, you know, because the Microsoft like Hollow Lens announcement, which I don't really know anything about, but I. Mm. Do you think we'll hear anything from Nintendo regarding a next generation console soon? No. Because the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think so, man. Uh, listen, I think uh, people have. The Wii hasn't done that great, the Wii U, but I like it. I think it's like one of the mm-hmm. better consoles. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty surprised about uh, how, how it hasn't done well because it's actually like a console that, to me, the Wii should have been. Yeah, I think I would agree with you on that. It it seems like there's a lot stronger foundation for the Wii U than there is for the Wii. I think part of it is that no more of that goddamn nunchuck Wiimote crap that I just right. hated swinging around. Right. And the tablet-like gamepad, I will admit, as someone who hasn't gone to tablets before, I do like that kind of interface for it. Yeah. I think it lends itself really well. I've been using it with, you know, Hulu streaming... And it's just is really nice to have a Nintendo system with HD quality graphics. Yeah, I really like it, yeah. I think part of the problem, though, is that, again, it goes back to just no real third-party support, or at least quality third-party support. Like, you're not going to see something like Sunset Overdrive or Dark Souls or something like that on the Wii U. But you could also have made the same case for something like Bayonetta. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> you never know, but you probably yeah. won't. You're you're right. You probably mm-hmm. will not. But uh they did surprise me with that. Um yeah. That's I mean that's what why you... I got it in the first place. For Bayonetta. Yeah, I bought it when it came out because I knew Bayonetta was going to cap on it eventually. <laughs> I mean, I like Bayonetta. I thought it was a great action game, but I'm still really loving like the old like Ninja Guy in Black, God Hand. Like oh. those to me are like what I would consider like the crowning achievements of the genre. I don't know about Ninja Guy in Black. However, God Hand, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> That's a pretty damn fine game. Um yeah. Yeah, I think Nintendo is in a strong place now. I think the amiibo, I think that's gonna really supplement their profits for like next year. Well, or so. Yeah, they put out that Mario uh, party and uh, Super Smash Brothers coming out, so like they're gonna be able to move a lot of those figures, uh, yeah. no doubt. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty much betting that whatever their next like major first party game that's gonna come out for the Wii U, they'll probably have another amiibo line for that. So oh, I'm yeah. just counting, you know, the minutes for like a Metroid theme amiibo. Or even like a new Mario Kart one. Yeah. And again, no matter what they have, it's probably going to sell millions and millions of copies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's no doubt there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, you know, I, I think uh, I think we can leave it there with our mm-hmm. friends at Nintendo. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, please uh, check out game-wisdom.com, gamewisdom.com, mm-hmm. and uh, check out uh, Josh's uh, his podcast. It's excellent, and so are his articles. So please uh, check that out, and if uh, if you would, please rate us on iTunes highly, unless you don't like us, and then don't rate us at all. Forget we exist. And then, also... Uh, if you purchase things from Amazon, you can do so through our website, and we get a uh, little, uh, you know, stipend, you know, enough for a pack of ham-flavored gum. And um, 
you know, we will uh, be back here next week. And thank you for joining us tonight. For Jason McMaster, that's me. And, uh, you know, Josh over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jason. It was great. And hopefully we can have you back on my pod- my podcast soon. I'll see you in hell. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we will have to soon. And uh, for everybody here at Quarter to Three, uh, have a great uh, weekend, and uh, we'll see you here next week. Later, everyone. What's the point?